0: I'm Nick Graven, fellow reporter here at the Colorado Springs Independent, and this is the Indy 15, the weekly show recapping what you need to know in the news. Now, for our inaugural episode here, I have a very special guest, Matthew Schnipper, and um, you may know him as our food editor here at the Indy, but we're not going to be talking about food today. Instead, Matt wrote the cover story for this week's Indy, Behind the Spiel which is a look at poet and artist Tom Taylor's lifetime retrospective at the Sangre de Cristo Art Center in Pueblo, Colorado. Matt, I want to welcome you to the show. Happy to be here. Thanks. Absolutely. So this is not the first time that you have written about Tom. You, you have kind of a history. Let's go back in time to the beginning. How did you meet him? Sure.
1: Um, this was probably over 10 years ago. Uh, I was arts and entertainment editor here at the time at the Indy. Um, My colleague and I, Edie Adelstein, went to Pueblo to meet with a group uh, called 38 Degrees Latitude, which was an artist collective. I think there was about half a dozen artists who'd come together, and Spiel was one of those, Um, so I first connected with him then. Um, We did some coverage of their group shows, and then over the years I've connected with them several times, probably um, every two or three years we've circled back for some sort of coverage actually in the paper, we've just sort of tracked his career, and Kept up with him, but um, I also kept sort of a personal relationship with him. We'd email every now and then. Um, when he was here uh, in Manitou Springs doing a show years ago, he invited me to come do the introduction to bring him to the stage. So um, yeah, it's nice sometimes when, uh, in the professional setting in journalism. Sometimes when you keep in touch with a source, they start as a source and you kind of end up becoming a little friends. And right. Then, uh, I tried to reveal that in this uh, in this story as well. I didn't want to give the sense that. I'm very objective and unbiased and I don't know this guy. It's more like, no, we've I've hung out on this patio we've we've talked for hours about art things and all kinds of stuff. So I wanted to bring a familiarity to this uh, that's that kind of story where, um yeah, as it says, like behind this spiel, like what do you who is this guy? you know, what's what's behind this entire lifetime of work?
0: right. Now, when you met him was he he had started in um, visual arts and that, and then over time, he transitioned to. Uh, poetry, And you had mentioned in the piece that m- there are people who only know him for the visual arts mm-hmm. as Tom Taylor, but not as the poet spiel yeah, in yeah. that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I have to say I've, I've written about a lot of different artists over the years and, and, and paid attention to our scene. And um, some phenomenal people uh, do kind of one thing really well or maybe two or three things Pretty well, or really well. Um, this is the most prolific artist I've ever encountered personally. Oh. I'm sure there's someone out there someone can point to and be like, "Oh yeah, but look at this guy." But I mean, Leonardo da
0: Vinci. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We we can out we can upstage Tom if we really need to. But um, but really, it's right. just he's prolific. He really, really is. He transcends all genres and styles of art. He's worked with just about every medium. I mean, he's even playing with um, digital art now. You know, at, at, in his 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, he he has done, um, I think his big break is, as we talk about too, and there's gonna be a whole section of his show devoted to this, but the commercial art. And, um, it's interesting because his big break was, uh, commercial art pieces, um, that came out of some print work he had done and they got picked up. Um, he got an agent, um, these got picked up by big stores, you know, the Walmarts of the time. Um, and, uh, he, they were on bedspreads and coffee mugs and, you name it. I mean, I, I, there, he sent me a list. There's about 70 different products where his artwork shows up on those. So um, there's, that brings a lot to it. You know, sometimes when, when a band gets popular, people say, oh, they're a sellout, right? You right. Know? Um, artists, I think when they become commercial, same thing happens. You know, people come at them with a lot of heat. Like, oh, you know, you, you've sold out, you know. You can't play here. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. And he's like, well, no, I can actually pay my bills for the first time. I could actually think about buying a home now. So um, he struck success with that, but he'd already had a really long career before that doing you know really interesting um, visual art. And then that continued as well. Um, but yeah, to your point earlier, um, shifting over to the written word and, and becoming um, a prose and poetry writer, um, it's fascinating to see someone who can transcend both those things. I mean, I'm a writer, you're a writer. Right. I don't paint. I don't, I don't have – I haven't done that since high school art class. But um, he does both beautifully. I mean, uh, if you pick up the paper this week um, – Which I've, you should. Yeah, you should. Uh, I've, I've included a, a number of his uh, shorter poems that we could, we could put in here for space. Uh, if you go to the show, you're going to see all those things blended together. The way they've built this exhibit, there's going to be a visual art piece – Presented, and then he's paired uh, a couple different written pieces with that thematically. Now, those weren't originally created together all the time. Sometimes these were years apart, um, and but his intentionality now of, of piecing those together is to sort of sort of show the whole depth of Spiel, sp- the poet Spiel, and the visual artist Tom Taylor. So um, it's it's really a holistic show that that is showing off. All those different aspects and um we were kind of joking too because he's had other other retrospectives before this mm-hmm. and uh I was like well were those premature I mean <laughs> you hear retrospective and you think like oh this is the guy's life work well not really I asked I asked the curator too like you know people do retrospectives whenever they feel like it you just you just kind of bundle some stuff up and say hey I did this stuff in this time period it's a retrospective but um that was a chapter of my life <laughs> right now it's getting real though he, he's he's getting older um he's been dealing with health issues for a long time we talk about that in the story as well um he got a uh, diagnosis years ago for like a pancreatic cancer it was a misdiagnosis it turns out but health issues continued throughout the last couple of decades for him and more recently he had gotten a diagnosis of dementia which was one of the stories we wrote in the india a couple of years ago my my colleague fiona truant wrote that story <coughs> um and that's really brought a lot to his his recent work you know um he's been the show I mentioned that I introduced him, uh, it, was, it was called For Dying Out Loud. And he would say that in a playful way, like, oh, for dying out loud. And he's really embraced the morbidity of it all. Um, you can
0: see that through his work, yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's, there's, it's not – it's so easy to be pessimistic or cynical, but this is very much a grounded – that that's something that I get through the work is that it's a very much a grounded – this is from a real place. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, this guy has put his whole life out there on display. Um, warts and all and, and there's a, that's another aspect of the story we talk about mental health there's a ongoing um, in, in his family dating back generations there's been mental health uh, issues of all sorts and uh, he also suffers with mental health problems and um, he's very open about that and, and uh, his a lot of the written word reflects that um, in fact if you want I, I will read one poem we did print of which course. gets right back to that um, we were talking about how it runs in his family right and so he wrote this this piece, uh, pardon the rattling of paper in the background, everyone. <laughs> um, but this, is, this poem's called um, A Chain of Blood. And he said, that's what this is about. This is about that history and heritage of, mm-hmm. of mental health stuff. Um, it goes, this bucket of blood chained to my neck, same as the buckets hung to the necks of my siblings, passed on by her mother, hung to her neck, just like her sisters, passed on from their father, same as his sister, chains from their mother, dragged and dragged on from their father's mother, her mother's mother, and so on. Each attempt to move beyond messes my sight, so I barely see. When friends walk away in the dread of the curse, why hate her for what no one knew of the poison of madness as I turn dark? None question my blood. Instead, whipped my ass to straighten me. A pretty powerful piece. That,
0: that is, and to understand that chain going back, because so there's so much a genetic component in there, or to understand the family history of what did mom have to deal with, what did dad, grandparents, etc., all the way down. Uh, one of the other allegories, this, but you even see it on the cover here, is his use of people, but they're missing heads. Mm-hmm. It's fully bodied suits or um, dress in that, and but their their heads are hangers yeah, and that as in you take this identity, this person, this uh, entity, and you put it away. Mm-hmm. And he, it seems like that's a common theme through uh, a lot of his work in dealing with issues he may have had to adjust to over yeah. time and learn to grow into or with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this series. Um, there's, there's some more pieces that, that um, viewers will see down at the Sangre from this series. And if I'm not mistaken, this is I think dating back to like the seventies. So this
0: is, this is not recent work. Um, because yeah, some the, of these pieces were like you uh, mentioned, it was like back to forty-eight, or was that a previous yeah, exhibition? well,
1: his I think his earliest piece he was like eight years old, and, and sure, he was winning you know blue ribbons at the state fair, beating adults out in his, his <laughs> young teenage years. Um, you know, so the art came on strong for him early. Um, but uh, yeah, there's 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 some pretty powerful um, self portraits. Uh, we I think we have a couple printed in this story. There'll be more at the show, I think. Um, but. Uh, you, you can see the the anguish in some of these and whether it's wrestling with the mental health or the physical health, what's going on with his ailing body. Um, we kind of couched the, you know, the, the subhead this week. It's, it's sort of like, could this be the last show? You know, is this the, is this the, the, the final act, you know? Um, right. And, uh, because he himself is saying, you know, we really just don't know it's day to day sometimes with this, with health things. So um, I don't, I'm not speculating on, you know, will we see more? Uh, but he, he's allowed that kind of speculation in the sense that, like, he'll, he'll be the first to tell you, I don't know. This really could be the last show, and that's what kind of drew me back into wanting to write this story. Now is I got that email out of the blue, like, hey, man, <clears throat> got the show cut up, the sangre. He's really been excited. He's wanted to do a retrospective there for a long time. Right. But uh, he was asking me if I would if I would take it on and. It's like you know, it could be the last one, and he knew exactly what he was doing. He drew me, and I was like, "Damn it, I'm gonna have to write this story."
0: Um,
1: you know, I, I as I was telling you, I I haven't I kind of retired my arts and entertainment writing, and I've been just food and drink for the last many years. Right. So for me, pulling out the old the old hat to be like, all right, I'm gonna take on a arts cover story. i you know, but it was a, it was a joy. It was a pleasure. I really enjoy um, inter- interacting with his work and chewing on such beautiful material. I mean, he's really again, prolific. The artwork's fantastic. Um, it's so engaging. I mean, different pieces, you know, whether it's just a black and white sketch or some of those commercial prints or, right. um, you know, acrylic works. I mean, it's it's all across the board. There's a lot of color. There's so much personality. Um, I I don't think anyone could go to this show and be remotely bored and they're right. going to need some time. <laughs> there's just stuff going there's, on. Yeah, there's the visual art to engage with. But again, there's all that poetry and prose included. So he really wants people to spend time working their way through this exhibit thoughtfully. And there's a couple other interactive pieces. Um, there's a section called Confines, which is a show he's staged at various times over the decades. Um, and versions of it have been incorporated into, you know, famous museums, permanent collections. Um, the subject matter is kind of, as, as it sounds, it's about a confine of a box and sort of uh, what fits into that for people and what that represents. Uh, so viewers are going to come and see, I believe it's a hundred pieces that are from one of the confines shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also going to be invited to a little area to make their own. So that's going to become a new interactive part of that exhibit. And the sangre is going to find a way to to you know exhibit that in some way. So um, it sounds
0: really big. Yeah, <laughs> and when and when you mentioned in the article, not to spill the the entire beans here, but when you said, "Oh, I got an email for this exhibit as the, you know, c- current arts," and it's like. I get a lot of emails and it, I would love to to see it all. But when you establish that, Oh no, I've actually been talking with Tom for a very long yeah, time. Yeah. And it's like, this is the thread of that. And the way that you establish that uh, he's been preparing for this for a while, because yeah. he's already had these exhibitions, as you said, yeah. uh, ahead of time, like maybe this is it, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ahead of time. It's, it's neat. I mean, I'm
1: glad to, I'm glad to see this one done now though, because there's been another many years of work included. So, the retrospective 10 years ago was was missing to be very obvious about it the last 10 years with the work and he's produced some really great things uh as he's dealt with again continued health struggles and and the things that have come up around these recent diagnoses and actually one thing that's really hopeful and cool uh two years ago when we met with him that dementia had really taken its toll and um i think there was just so much unknown at that time the diagnosis was fresh and there was still tests being done and all that and knowing him from past years he just looked tired He, he Sounded tired, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh man, this guy—he's—he's he's really struggling right now." And when I saw him recently, he was so much more vibrant. And I was asking him about that, and it turns out, once again, a misdiagnosis. They said, "Well, it's actually more of a pre-dementia, not full dementia set on." And uh, I don't know—maybe there, I think maybe there's a new medicine or something involved in that. But he just was in a better space right now than I saw him in a previous time. So I hope that continues because it allows him when he feels good, he can work. Um, he still spends a lot of time in his studio. Uh, whether it's, uh, he's been doing more of the writing side than the than the visual art side. But I wouldn't be surprised to see something else come out of the visual art side, just based right. on how um, you know active he is. And, and um, he just has that busy artist brain. He's just not going to sit on the couch all day. Like this guy's a creator. to keep going. He's going to create till the finish line. I,
0: I just know it. I get kind of a Tom Waits vibe I, if I could imagine it. Kind of that bad, you know.
1: It's not. A, I, I know what you're saying. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish. Uh, no, he has a great voice. In fact, um, if you, if, if readers or listeners will, um, we have a we have a, time, we have a slideshow posted. Uh, it's about a two and a half minute poem that he reads of uh, one of his poems called um, I think it's bird. Oh gosh, I wanted to say bird call. That's the restaurant in town. It's not. I think it's bird song, and I might be messing that up. But uh, you can go on to CSND. You can link to that. And you can hear him read this poem. It's really beautiful. Um, so people can get the, the vibe of his voice. And it's not Tom Waits, but it's pretty no, cool. <laughs> uh, and then they're going to see actually a slideshow of, of a bunch of images that will be in the show. So it's another way to, to see some images we didn't have
0: room for in print. So right. um, the benefit of, of doing that extra media right there. And multimedia. And and here we are talking about it uh, yeah, here. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any final thoughts on there? And then what's uh, what? Um, when is this exhibition going till? That is a great question. I'm going to rattle my page one more that's time. That's totally fine. Dave doesn't mind. People (laughs) who listen.
1: Um, We are running through uh, August 6th through November 19th at the Sangre. Um, And uh, let's see. There's a few other places you can er interact with his work. Um, He has a website, The Poet Spiel. Um, You can find that. Mm -hmm. Um, His commercial work is actually still sold. You can buy prints uh, at American Furniture Warehouse today. Oh, So he's still licensed. um, And there's also um, beautiful things on – I think it's Spoonflower is the website – that's where you can, um, he's created repeat patterns of some of these famous works. Um, and you can do everything from upholstery to bedsheets to curtains <laughs> yourself. And, and so, work. yeah, it's, uh, the, it's basically, f- uh, one of those websites where artists can upload all their stuff and it's print on demand essentially. So, gotcha. um, uh, it's a great way to, if you love the, his zebra print or his elephants or his tigers, um, Make a pillow, make a <laughs> make a shower curtain, whatever Tuskers you want. The print, yeah, the Tuskers yeah. <laughs> is fantastic. That's his best-selling, all-time famous piece. Um, I mean, huge international sales on that and one. And we got
0: that in the actual article, so you can take a look at that as yeah, well. Yeah, that
1: one's in the article. Um, you know, it, in terms of a closing, I would just say, um, there, I don't know. There's every artist is individual. I don't want to compare and say there was right. no, You're not going to see artists like this come around again. I'm the, the world's full of amazing. Creators, it's not like that. But um, this guy's career is, has been uh, just huge. There's so much work to see. There's uh, so many beautiful words written. Um, it's a great time to to take in this this you know the scope of a life's work contained in one show and one and one uh, museum. So uh, I would just encourage people to go down and check this out. It's a, it's awesome to see uh, the local talent, the area talent. Um, he, you know he he thinks of Pueblo as his. Uh, Art's home is what he told me. He's lived in other places. He's traveled a lot th- around the world, but he's been in Pueblo for a long time now. So this is in his retirement years. What he thinks of his home. So um, when he does pass someday, you know that's going to be, you know, that's going to be Tom his final. Taylor from Pueblo. You know, like he's <clears throat> right. one of the prominent Pueblo artists. And and you know, for many of us in the Springs, Pueblo is so close. Uh, we've we've always included it in our coverage zone. So of course, yeah. To me, that's that's local still. So yeah, it's, it's really amazing to see such a talented and and prolific local artist uh, and to celebrate a whole career, a whole life of creating, not just, you know, one-off show. I mean, this is eight decades worth of
0: content. It's a lot decades. and, and yeah. a friendship as well. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Matt, thank you so much for being able to share that with us. And for those who are listening and uh, watching or wherever you're at, at home and office, be sure to pick up the newest issue of the Indie. Uh, we got Matt's story in there. I'm going to make sure I'm not crumpling that up there. Uh, Let us know what you thought of the story. Let us know what you thought of the paper. And let us even know what you thought of the show uh, on social media, commentary. We read everything that you post. I assure you, so post away. (laughs) Please do. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you get the notifications every time we post a new video. Um, I think that's how we get there. Let's go ahead and get to the credits here. This show was produced by Dave Gardner. And myself, Nick Raven, and was directed by Dave Gardner and distributed by our digital team, which is Sean Cassidy and Michaela Jones. Our art director is Dustin Glatz. Our editor-in-chief is Brian Grossman. And our publisher is Amy Gillentine. Be sure to check us out next week for another episode of The Indy 15.